See, we understand the word. Understand the word. God put all his power in his name. That's why his name, Jesus, has Christ in the front of it now. And it's Christ Jesus. Somebody say, man. All right. Now, you understand me later. All right. All right. You got to understand the power that Jesus operated in was Christ Jesus. He is the Christ. All right. All right. Now, let's go into the word. Uh, let's go to Psalms uh, 133. Now, I'm going to give you my teaching first before we go anywhere. I'm going to give you my subject. going to go back to that. Uh, let's go to uh, Philippians chapter number 2 first, and we're gonna, only going to do the first four verses. Philippians chapter 2. This is only to get my subject for the day. My teaching is we are doing the Apostle Paul ministry. That is what we're doing, the Apostle Paul ministry. On the Apostle Paul ministry, we are teaching today, as we taught last week, the Apostle Paul ministry. We are teaching you on the purpose of fellowship. See, it's not, it's not, I am, I'm not. My job is to give you the word. Your job is to do the word. My job is to give you the word. I'm showing you that the word of God, as obedient to the word of God, we must fellowship. So, but we got to know what it means. We got to know what, who to fellowship with and who not. Because the Bible gives you a distinction. All right, Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to read out the King James Version. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, If there be, remember my message is the purpose of fellowship. So Paul said, if there be any consolation. That word consolation means encouragement. In Christ, if there be any comfort of love. If there be any fellowship of the Spirit, remember, that's why you can't fellowship with unbelievers, because they don't have the Spirit. See, fellowship is of the Spirit. You got to be in faith to fellowship. Let me say it again. You got to be in faith to fellowship. You should write that down. So you got to be in faith to fellowship, and you got to have the Spirit to fellowship. You can't fellowship with an unbeliever. Listen, listen to me. You can't, you can't fellowship with an unbeliever. All right. I don't being, I'm not being bossy. I'm just trying to show you other folk want to make sure nobody else, everybody else can hear. All right. All right. So he said, if there'll be any consolation, if there'll be any comfort, if there'll be any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies. All right. I'm going to give you a definition of that when I get there, because it would uh, encouragement in Christ and a consolation of love. Uh, any comfort, see, that same word, consolation, uh, you got to understand that all these things has to go on. If there's any afflictions, affection, I'm sorry, affections and mercy. King James used the term bowels of mercy. He's talking about affection, bowels, affection. All right. If there's going to be any of that, then you got to fulfill you my joy, which is the next verse, Number one, you got to be like-minded. Now, he's talking about with Christ. This is not going to happen until you're like-minded with Christ. Number two, same love. You got to understand, when you're, gonna, when you're a Christian, you have the same love that the Lord Jesus Christ exemplified in this earth. We have the same love of God. We got, then you got to be one accord. See, that's, that is. Then you got to be a one mind. All this is what Paul is saying, what we have to be if we're going to do this. And that is the purpose of fellowship. If we're going to fellowship, 
then we got to have that. We got to be in one mind. We got to be like-minded, having the same love one to another. Like-minded means putting others before yourself. All right, being of one accord, like-minded. Then it says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in loneliness, loneliness of mind, let each other esteem themselves better than, let each esteem others better than themselves. See, that's the attitude you got to have. And verse number four, look not every man on his own thing, but every man on the things of others. This is how you're going to do it, if you're going to fellowship. Fellowship is not, he's not asking you to fellowship. So you got to understand something. This is, if, you, if you're the body of Christ, you are asked of God to fellowship. All right, so when you do not, you disobey the Spirit. All right, so there are things we can do to grieve the Spirit and quench the Spirit, and we don't want to do that. Now, let's go to Psalm 130, because I'm giving you the purpose of fellowship. Say that with me, the purpose of fellowship. Now, the word purpose means the original intention. What did God have in mind? when God gave us the word fellowship. Now, let's show you Psalms. I'm going to go back today. To, I said this morning, I'm going to go back and show you in Leviticus chapter 23, 24, 25. There are seven feasts in the Old Covenant. Why were they there? For one reason. All right, they were for fellowship. Now, let's go to Psalm 133. See, all of these things about the psalm, we look at the book of Psalm. Why did God give a whole book of Psalm to Israel? Psalm 133. See, when you really know the purpose of something, then you don't abuse it. So you don't worry about what other folk is doing and not doing. Just don't go there. They got to get in count to the Lord for themselves. I always like to see it this way. When people go through things, they will arise. Or they will get up and do what God asked them to do. Usually when, thing they, when they go through things. All right. When you go through things, it really brings the best out of us. We don't know that, but it does. All right. Psalm 132, 133. There's only three verses in Psalm 133. All right. You got your Bible, Mark? Or you follow me in your Bible, right? Verse number one. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren. Now, it, it, it makes sure it's brethren. Because when you when you were an unbeliever, you can't call that fellowship. Because God said, have no fellowship with an unbeliever. But this is what we mess up at. We want to be with the world. Why? All right, watch this. Have brethren, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. If you're not in unity, you can't dwell together. There cannot be any unity unless you are brethren. All right. Verse number two. It's like he's giving you the purpose of fellowship. Fellowship is like the precious ointment up on the head that ran down up on the beard. Remember, we're talking about the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body. How do we want the Spirit of God to come down on the body? Fellowship. That's what this is about. It is like the precious ointment up on the head that ran down up on the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. Can't you see the anointing starts on the head? And the anointing comes down on the body. What is won't happen unless there's fellowship. 
So when we come in here, the fellowship, that's why 90% of people coming to church dodges the choir. They dodge it. Out of their own mouth, you hear them say, I get there by the time the choir get through singing. What are you saying? I get there when I have time to hear the word because I don't like fellowship. Why do you think God gave you the choir? So he can joy. See, you got to understand that's what fellowship does. Bring out the joy. Most people are not even ready to hear the word. That's what praise and worship does. Prepare you, your heart, to hear the word. So you got to understand, stop dodging church. Half of it anyway. All right. So behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. See, what ends up happening is that this is how we think. My sister, my brother, is not in the choir. So I don't have to be on time for the choir. I come for the word. That's selfishness. Listen to what she says. I'm only coming for the word. See, that's selfishness. You're supposed to come and support the choir. See, you're the body of Christ. That's the body of Christ singing. They need to be supported. They need to be encouraged. But see, what we look at is that person up there is not my brother, not my sister. That's really what you're saying. You're looking at the natural brother and sister over the spiritual brother and sister. Let me tell you something about that. The people who are not saved ain't your brother and your sister. Now, I know y'all don't like me now, but I'm going to tell you the truth. People who is not your brother and sister are called unbelievers. See, there are two people that Paul talked about in this Bible. He talked about the wise and the foolish. Now, I don't want to have to preach on those kind of things because the foolish is the fool. And they don't want God. See, there are two kind of people that Paul preached to. This Bible talked to two kind of people. The Bible said the fool has said in his heart, watch this, no God. He didn't just say there's no God. He's talking about they said no to God. See, that person is a fool to say whether no to God or there's no God. So you got to understand, when you're talking about fellowshipping, you got to begin to understand who you're fellowshipping with. Because the Bible told you to have no fellowship with an unbeliever. But see, we don't believe God because that's my relative there. And that person ain't even saved. Don't care nothing about God. I ain't going to church. Don't care if you go or not. But we call them brothers and sisters. So when they ask Jesus Christ, who is my brother and my sister? Jesus said it this way. He that hear the word of God and keep it. But we don't go that far. We're not that serious. See, when you really want to obey God, you're going to do it right. That's why when some people ask you to come to their church, you've got to find out what they believe. Because your Bible tells you not to have fellowship with an unbeliever. I'm talking about when they don't believe in the gospel of Christ. All right. Psalm 133. Hello, lights. We got light. That's why we put all the lights up there. You got it? You got that sound? Behold how good it is and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head, upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even the beard that went down to the skirts of his garment, it went down to his body. 
as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion. Watch this. There the Lord commanded the blessing. See, where there's unity is where God commands the blessing. That's why God has made it this way. You cannot walk against the body and then the head supplies the blessing. You cannot do it. And people do not understand. You cannot be in opposition against your head or against a part of the body and expect the anointing to flow. You got to love the whole body. No man yet hated his own body because his own body is the Lord. See, we're not, we, we, we are thinking now we're the body of Christ now. We're not thinking we're no afraid. We're the body of Christ. And you got members of your body. And like I told you this morning, the worst problem you have with your body is your mouth. That's why God put your tongue in your mouth and he put bars. He locked it up. He locked that thing up because he knew it would defile the whole body. I don't care what you went through when you start talking too much. Your mother said, your daddy said, somebody said, shut up, boy. Because they know what your problem was. You talk too much. As the dew of Harmon, as the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion, there the Lord commanded, the, watch this, the Lord commanded the blessings, even life forevermore. So that's why we must understand in the body of Christ, we must have unity, we must have fellowship. All right, now, most of the people do not understand why Jesus kept the Passover. So we got to understand, when you go to Matthew, Let's, 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 go, let's go show you something. Go to, uh, I can show you any book of the Bible. Let's go to Matthew. And we want to look at the beginning of that chapter. Uh, when Jesus Christ, what was Jesus Christ doing? So if you go to the, the Gospel of St. Matthew, and let's go to verse number 17. Matthew chapter 26, forgive me. Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 17. So you got to understand, what we end up doing is we go down to verse 26 and we read why Jesus took communion. But we got to understand, what is the word communion? It's fellowship. See, we just call it communion, but that's really fellowship. So if we'll start thinking on what he's doing, we would not be worried about why a pastor don't have that on the table. Because we don't need the table to do it. Oh, we, we get it. So that's why so many people, that's, this is what happened to a lot of folks. See, I used, I used to go to church, I used to watch this all the time. Right after we got through uh, eating the bread off the table, this is what people did. They looked at me like this, and they did this. And they walked out that door. Now, you ate the bread off the table, but you don't fellowship with nobody. The very table you ate off of is called fellowship. Breaking up bread, drinking up wine is called fellowship. So that's why we are actually doing it now. We're not just talking. 
Like I said before, one day I believe God, some of you in this church have been a long time, you know that we do take cruises. Before we had the, the thing that happened in 2021, uh, we took cruises. 2020, I'm sorry. We took cruises. Matter of fact, how many know we went to California cruise, San Diego? We're going to be going on, on cruises again. But listen, but listen. But if we don't know why we're going, most people are going to be in their room. When it's time, I'm telling you, most people be in their room. When it's time to fellowship, you got, see, you go into a room. How many, anybody been on a cruise in here? Once you go on a cruise, here we are, we got, just say we got 50 people who together on a cruise. We go, we get this big old table. They put us all together. And then uh, at time of fellowship, you only got five at the table. How many know that's sad? See, you know why? Because we don't know why we were there. So you came to fellowship, and that's why you need to get up, dress, come down in fellowship, come down, eat in fellowship. You don't want to eat anything. Come fellowship. See, that's what we're doing on the other side. So what we are doing now is practicing. We're not playing no game. We are, we're getting ready to do something. Somebody say amen. We're getting ready to do something. We got things planned. But we just don't want to have something and then you don't show up. We spend our money. All right, let's move on. Now, in Matthew chapter 26, let's go down to verse 14, uh, 17. Verse 17. Now the first day of the feast of, of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat what? Come on, everybody. So what was they doing when Jesus sat in Matthew 26 and they were eating Jesus took bread? What were they eating? Everybody. They were eating the Passover. And they blessed it. They blessed the Passover. They break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. What were they eating? It, it, nothing changed. If you know it one time, you know it two times. They were eating the Passover. Now, I gave it this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go back there. They were eating the Passover. We're going to go to Leviticus in a moment. But see, what happened is we got we to gotta snap out of it, man. We, we, we can't be religious. First Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number... Eight. I'm sorry, verse 7. 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. Watch what the Word of God says. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Now, wait a minute. Now, it's, who is Christ? Who is Christ now? Everybody. Come here, it's just hard. It's not hard. Christ is who? Our Passover. Well, if Christ our Passover, then why do I need the bread on the table? See, what we're trying to do is we're trying to use the bread on the table to fellowship when Christ is our Passover. 90% of the churches don't even know Christ is their Passover. 90% of the churches don't think you are the church unless you eat the bread off the table. And that is the old covenant. 
The first Corinthians chapter number five just told you Christ is our Passover. Now look at verse number eight. First Corinthians chapter five, verse eight. Therefore, since Christ is our Passover, let us keep the feast. Now, we got to get used to the word feast in here. It's the same word as festival, feast, and then it's called fellowship. A festival is what? It's a fellowship. A feast is a fellowship. All right. Let us keep the feast, the fellowship. Not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but let us keep the feast with the unleavened bread of sincerity. Well, that ain't the bread on the table. I said the bread on the table is not a bread of sincerity. And truth. See, the word of God now is truth. See, you're still keeping the bread, but the word is the bread. You come to eat what? The bread, but not the bread on the table. See, I, I'm giving you the true bread. How many know Christ is the true bread? Right, so that, that's the whole thing, but most people doesn't care because most people go to them dough, they just want to eat them a piece of bread off the table and drink them some wine and they hope it is for a minute <laughs> so they can say, ah. All right, let's move on. I'm telling you, for real, believe me, so many people do that now because they know that's what the people want. All right. All right, now let's, let's move on because I want I to I go to, let's go to 2 Corinthians. No, I got to go to Leviticus first. Let's go to Leviticus 23. I'm not going to read all this. I'm going to show you what it is. Levit Leviticus chapter 23. Now here it is. God just brought Israel out of Egypt. He just told them to build him a house in Exodus 25. Build me a church. That was a tabernacle in the wilderness. Now God can live among the people. And guess what God wanted while he's there? Fellowship. Why do you think God created Adam? Why do you think God created you? See, if you can ever see God created you for fellowship, and guess what? How often do you talk to him? Here it is, God lives in your house and never hear from you. Just think about it. The everlasting God. The creator of heaven and earth lives in your house. Do you ever get up in the morning and say, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit. He's a real person and he's easy to be grieved. How many know the Holy Spirit has feelings? Isn't that something? Now, from the book of Leviticus, we start at chapter 23. Leviticus chapter number 23. I'm not going to read this all. I'm just going to read one, one verse. These are the appointed festivals. Now, God gave them festivals. Now, watch this. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, verse 1, I'm sorry. Speak to the children of Israel. Say to them, concerning the feast of the Lord. The Lord. The feast of the Lord. Which you shall proclaim to be holy conversations. All. Convocations, holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Now, I'm not going to say anything negative because I could go there, but I'm not going there. Now, on those 
the seven feasts, I'm just going to name them while I'm there. As you go through the scripture, you will see that they are seven feasts. Now, Leviticus chapter number 23, they are seven feasts. I'm not going to go there, but I'm just going to give you the first. First was unleavened bread, which is Christ's death. I'm sorry, the Passover, which is Christ's death. Unleavened bread, which is his burial, and the first fruit. That's the first three, which is his resurrection. See, each feast meant something. See, that's why the people of Israel knew when the Lord was going to return, the seventh, the seventh feast. Because on the seventh feast is called the Feast of Tabernacles. And they supposed to be all outside celebrating. Because when the Lord comes, he's going to come with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, they just going to ride. They didn't have to come out their house. Because it was the Feast of Tabernacles. See, if you ever studied, they had to live outside in, in what you call tents, booths. See, so they knew what was going on. We playing games. But they gone. All right. That's why the Lord came for his church, you the body of Christ. You are part of the church, but you the church, the body of Christ. All right. Now, we have to understand that. All right. Now, this other church I told you back, I gave you that. Acts chapter 2, we're going to do that first. We're going to move on. Acts chapter 2, this was the church of God. So that's why when you read 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, books like that, you will see the church of God. Now, the church of God is the people who Paul punished before he built, uh, gave us the body of Christ. Only Paul knew about the body of Christ. So we're going to show you, I want you to write down something, which I gave you this morning. I said, that's where we're going to start at. We're going to go back to Galatia chapter 2. Because we want to show you something in there and it's called dissimulation. So write that word down, dissimulation. And we're going to find out what that word means right after here. All right. So Acts chapter number 2 and verse 41. Now I told you this morning, this was Peter speaking to Israel. That was in chapter 38, Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know surely. Verse 38, then Peter said to them, Jews, all right. Then we get over in verse 41, and we know he's talking to Israel. Then they that gladly received his word, talking about Israel, they were baptized, and the same day they were added to them, to them. They were added to what? To them, to the nation of Israel. All right. You going to find me a flash water, brother, or am I going to have to do this myself? All right. And they that gladly received his word were baptized the same day that was added unto them. Uh, you know, I got a, a cap in my office, like a line of just caps. Just, just bring, me, bring me one of them real, real flexible ones. And, and, they, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. So they continue what? Uh, uh, breaking of bread and what? And fellowship. May, may, uh, and fellowship. Breaking of bread and fellowship. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, we got to understand. Let's go down to verse 46. One verse. And they continue daily. And they continue daily. 
with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. What were they doing? They were fellowshipping. I think I get Renee's little things, a little thing, I sit down there with a little. Uh, Y'all don't know what Renee bought me, a little chair, a little stool and things. All right, let's move on. But my, my, my verse 47, last verse. Verse 46, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking the bread from house to house. They did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God. Can you see the choir? They was praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily as they as should be saved. The Lord added to the church. He didn't say the body of Christ. The Lord added to what? Now, once I get ready to do something, if you film in me, then you should get somebody in the audience, just give me a one swipe, and then you come back to me, right? <laughs> you, you, got, you, got a, you got to know. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, they got a chair with a little thing on. I sit there. Watch. But I may not do it. I may not have to do it if I get a good. I was going to take it one, I promise you. All right. I'm that good. I'm really, I'm that good. I, I was brought up that way. I stayed up night to do this. All right. Now, uh, let's go to where I tell you we're going next. Galatians chapter 1. Now, let's go to Galatians chapter 1. Chapter 2, forgive me. Galatians chapter 2. Now, in Galatians chapter 2, this is Peter also. Now, I want to go back and show you that Peter knew better for what I'm getting ready to show you. Somebody said Peter knew better. Peter. Said Peter knew that God no respect a person. Come on, say that with Peter knew. God, no respect a person. Come on, look at somebody in the church. Say, say God is no respect a person. All right. Now, we have to know that because we are the body of Christ. Your whole body, God loves your whole body. He no respect a person. All right. Now, let's go and look at, hold your finger Galatians. Let's go back to the book of Acts, chapter 10. Now remember, the Gentiles had come over. Through, we're not in the dispensation of grace. We're still under the law. The Gentiles had come over through Cornelius. And Paul and Peter are going to find out something because they're going to want the Holy Spirit under Peter's ministry. But the Jews had no dealing with the, with the Samaritans and also with any Gentile. But here in here in. In Acts chapter 2, verse 34, then Peter, remember Cornelius just came over. You, remember, you, you go before God told him that some Gentiles, Cornelius was a, a, a person who was a high in the military. He had sent for Peter to come on because they, they, all the people gathered at his house, they wanted to be saved. All right? Now watch this. Peter going to understand something in verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth. Watch what he's going to say. Now, I'm going to show you this, Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Um, forgive me. I'm going to show you that what he's going to say, but he don't mean it. See, a whole lot of folks are respectful person, but it's going to tell off on you. See, you can say, oh, not me, Reverend. Okay. Peter, watch Peter. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respectful person. Come on, say, I perceive that God no respect a person. Now, how many know God showed him that? But watch what's going to happen. 
God is going to show that he had in his heart a respectable person. Otherwise, if God, if it was a certain person, you would, you would go. Let me put it this way. Here's a funeral. If it was a certain person, somebody in the church passed away. If it was a certain person, you would go. And because it's like, who, who was it, man? Well, they're a member of the body of Christ. No, I didn't ask you that. Who, who was it? Well, if you know respect a person, you will go. If you can go. But it, because it's not somebody you know, then you're not going. See, that's what, let you know you are a respecter of persons. Because you're only going to go because you know them or you know the family. You might not have seen them 100 years. See, you respect the person. Watch this. Peter says, oh, well, truth. I perceive that God is no respect to person, but in every nation, he that fears him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. That's under that dispensation. That's not how you say it, because you, you, you can't work righteousness in the new covenant. All right. Now, let's go and show you the same thing that Paul, Peter, just got through saying that. But let's go to Galatians 2.11. See, you got to understand something. God does everything to examine your heart. Everything you do, God watches your heart. He wants to know why. All right? Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. But when Peter was come to Antioch, Paul says, I withstood him to his face because now he was to be blamed. Wait a minute. Peter blamed? What did Peter do? Just what he had said he perceived. Now, here come the truth. And verse number 12. For before there came, Satan came from James. Now remember, this is not the same incident in Acts chapter 10. These people's Cornelius, they came to Cornelius' house. These were Gentiles. But now here come a, a different group that came from James. He that did eat with the Gentiles, Remember now, Peter eating with the Gentiles when they showed up. Here come James. They all got their long robes. You know, James, like a Pharisee. They had, all had their long robes. Here come Peter. Here come the old guy from up north. They came from Jerusalem. Big time. They all came with their, you know, their furs on. But watch what Peter going to do now. And the Bible said, for before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentile before they got there. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision, which were Jews. Now he gets up from sitting with the Gentiles and he goes over and sit with the Jews. How many see some here? God, no respect of persons. But what do you see here? 
you see a man who's a respecter of person. Now watch this. See, God sees it. That's why we're doing fellowship. See, God want to know who you're sitting with and who you don't want to sit with. Oh, I'm up to something. I, I know what God's doing. And the only way you can find out is fellowshipping. See, fellowship would expose you. Because you got some people not going to sit over here with you. They're going to sit over here with the, with the fuck hoes. You got to understand what God is doing. He no respect of persons. Thank you for that one hand. Over there. Thank you. I heard a hand. Watch this. And the other Jews that saw Peter do this, verse 13 said, they dissembled likewise with him. They got up with him. In so much that Barnabas, Barnabas, Paul, right-hand man, was also carried away with their dissimulation. Got up, Barnabas got up and left the Gentiles by themselves, went over here and sit with the Jews. But Paul says, but when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. See, it's one thing to preach it, was another thing to live it. I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew, you live after the man of the Gentiles and not also of the Jew, why you compel the Jew, the Gentile, to live like you? See, that's what they want the Gentile to do, to live like the Jews, to keep the law like the Jews. This is why so many people don't have nothing to do with us. Because we don't keep the stuff like they want us to keep it. See, that's, this, is, this is religion. It's not about that. It's about my, I'm your brother. I'm your brother. See, this is why they got rid of Joseph. Because God put his grace on him. See, y'all got to really see what happened why they didn't like Joseph. It's not that God gave him some dream. God gave him favor. Amen. And when God... When God revealed to everybody who his man was, the rest of the brothers said, okay, well, I see where this is going. Nobody had nothing to do with Joseph anymore once God had him to put on the coat of many colors. Because he will be the one that will save the nations. And when they saw that God chose his man to be the firstborn and would have all the blessing rights of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right off the bat, they said, look, look we ain't got nothing to do with you no more. And I want to say to you, I'm not apologizing. And that's what you got to understand. You are not to apologize because God has favored you. One day, one day we're going to realize that the, one day we're going to realize Maybe they don't know. Maybe you got to go tell them. Yeah, there you go. That's what you got to have. In Galatians chapter 2, 
He rebuked Peter before them all. That's where you got this. We who are Jews by nature and not like sinners of the Gentiles. We, 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 I'm a nice guy, boy. Now the camera's supposed to dismiss for me over there. Like I said, I shouldn't have to say it, but you know when I pull the hat up what I'm getting ready to do. Sorry about that, my hat, man. Now that's over. Now get a load of big hand. Like I said, only going to take one swing. I know. I know some things I know, and that's one of them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Now, now let me go to work. I hate something to mess with my work, boy. All right. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I got 15 minutes. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. See, there are, some, there are some ways you're supposed to be. I'm just going to give them to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you. Well, what causes division? I'm trying to see, do you... I gave you the tongue, a little member. I gave it this morning and show he is, the divider, he is the divider of the body. So you have to understand what the tongue does. The tongue divides the body. The tongue decides which way the body goes. You watch your tongue on Saturday night. I'm not going to church Sunday. Nobody said that but one member. Now, it didn't ask none of the rest of the body. Your tongue did not ask your feet. Your hands, your head, your ears, your nose, your tongue shows I am not going to that church tomorrow. Now what it happens, what happens is the direction you take, meaning you are not led by the spirit, you are led by your seventh member of your body, which is called your tongue. Like I said before, that's why God locks it up and keep it locked up because it will divide the body. It will mislead the body. It will direct the body in the wrong way. See, it's just like a, a rudder that's under a ship. Under the whole ship, you got one little blade that do that. If anybody here ever rode a, rode a, uh, drove, a motor, uh, drove a motor on your boat, if you look at it, it has a little blade at the bottom that when you turn your, you got a handle when the man sit up here, all he do is do that. Well, on the bottom of your boat, it has a little blade. That determines which way your boat goes. Well, that is likened to the tongue. Whatever way your body goes, it's this thing did it. Your hand want to be in church, hallelujah. Your feet want to be in church, hallelujah. But that tongue says, we ain't going tomorrow. <laughs> so if, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, listen, you make the wrong decision with your own tongue without the Spirit. I'm telling you right now, if you don't, if you don't watch yourself, you will be led by your own tongue. And not by the Holy Spirit. That's why my wife would tell you, 
I do a lot of time, a lot of time in meditation. People don't know what meditation is for. Meditation is for you hearing God. See, when you do the praying, praying is good. That's for God hearing you. But how much time you spend in meditation? What is meditation for? You hearing God. That's, I spend more time in hearing God than I do in talking to God. Hope that helped you. See, when I get up in the morning time, like this morning, by 12.30, this morning, I'm in prayer. Because I believe if it's after 12 o'clock, it's already Sunday morning. So I don't have to wait till 4 o'clock. So I pray at 12.30, 1.30, and get back to bed, get the rest of my sleep till the clock goes. Because I want to pray before I come in here. I don't determine what time. So when I get up, my wife will tell you, I'm going to prayer. That's why I do not be moved by anything to go in here. But you got to understand something. Prayer is one thing, but you got to spend time to hear God. We're going to be talking about that. Hearing God. Meditation is what? Hearing, hearing God. Prayer is you talking to God. See, what happened is we talk to God, but we never listen. When it's time for God to talk to us, we put our favorite song on and cut up, cut up the thing. We don't hear God. We just cut, the, cut something on. Listen to, I got to listen to some soft music. No, you need to shut that off. That's why I go to bed early. My wife will tell you, I come up here and I study all day. Then I go home and I go into meditation. I tell my wife, I'm done. I'm gone. And it might be 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. She know I'm going to be in there because I'm not coming out no more. And I, she know I like football, basketball. I'm going to record it and watch you tomorrow. I'm not going to sit up and watch you lose and go, go to bed at night discouraged. <laughs> can, can you say amen? amen. Yeah, you sitting up here mad because you, you, you didn't have to watch that. You watch it tomorrow. My wife will tell you, I watch TV with no volume. I'm a, my wife will tell you, what you sitting up here with your dad for all my kids? What you sitting up here with dad? He don't watch no TV with no volume. Because I don't want to hear nothing they got to say. I, I can see on TV what they're doing. All right, all right, all right. I got to go to work, praise God. All right, now we got to be perfectly joined together. Watch what he's going to say. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. There'll be no division. So you can see what the tongue does. Come on now, I'm trying to show you something. Look what the tongue does. It divides the body. Because usually what ends up happening, dissimulation comes from the tongue. Write that down. So you realize what the apostle Peter did. And once Peter say, I'm not going, somebody else close to Peter said, I'm not going either. So what did the tongue do? Divide the body. That's why most people, when they speak with their tongue, they don't speak by the Spirit. They speak by their tongue. And people who are not led by the Spirit follows their tongue. Every decision you make should be by the Holy Spirit, not just your mouth. Because you influence others. That's why you ought to pray about everything. Mm-hmm. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and there'll, there'll be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together 
in the same mind and in the same judgment. You've got to be perfectly joined together whatever decision you make. My wife is the person in my life that reproves me. That's one of the things that people do not like is somebody reproving them. My wife is the person that rebukes me or reproves me or corrects me. People do not like that. And anybody that don't walk in love won't do it to you. When somebody loves you, they will tell you the truth. Can I get three or four amen? People do not like that, but I guarantee you, you got some people in your life, they will tell you, say, let me tell you something. I, I'm, your, I'm your friend. I'm your best friend, right? We cool, right? But you were wrong by what you did. That person letting you know I love you, girl, because if I didn't love you, I wouldn't tell you the truth. Thank God. Thank God for people in your life who would tell you the truth. You come home, tell one of your good buddies and good friends you've been up growing up with, Go to church with, bowl with. You don't be called the ace, the ace. And you come home, tell somebody, man, I think I'm in love. Uh, wait, wait, sister, homegirl, come. What are you doing tomorrow? Uh, who yo, who you in love with, baby? Now they're gonna talk to you now. Well, you know I, you know this boy, girl, you talk like a fool. See, they gonna tell you because they ought to tell you. If you don't accept somebody in your life to tell you the truth, you will never grow. You'll never grow. Because you want somebody to tell you what you want to hear. Oh my God. It's the truth anyway. Look at somebody say, it's the truth anyway. Yeah, it's the truth anyway. And you got to have that kind of person in your life who don't mind telling you the truth. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. See, anytime people don't want the truth, they don't ask, they don't ask me. Somebody said, me neither. See, anytime people don't want the truth, they're not going to come to you. Why? You're going to tell them the truth. So they got to find somebody who's going to agree with them. Yeah, good, that's what I do. See, that, that, person, that person not walking in love with you. And later on, you make the wrong decision, you know what's going to happen? They're going to be like, well, you know, God, I just, you know, I'm, I'm your friend. I'm not going to disagree with you. That's what they should have done. First Corinthians chapter 14. Somebody said it's the truth anyway. And verse number four, watch this. First Corinthians 14. Follow charity and desire spiritual gift, but rather... That you may prophesy. Now, this word prophesy here is does not talking about what preachers take as prophesying. They don't preach the Bible no more. A lot of churches, they don't even open the Bible. They just feel like the man walking there, he's the Bible. So he just goes in there and he puts on his oil all on his hand and get him a favorite outfit. And he just prophesy. I mean prophesy. So he sure ain't prophesying, he's prophesying. But the key is, he's speaking for God. Let me say something to you. When I get out of this Bible, I left God. Well, I, I got two or three. When I come in here and do not open this book and tell you what the Word said and show you the Word, what it's saying, I've gotten away from God. 
See, but you know what church folk do? They go to church and the man just gets up. He just sell a scripture, read a scripture, and he goes and now he gets his little he gets his little thing on him and he, he gets his and he you know he got all kind of stuff. And you know what the church do? They get up with him. They come, come, come on, rep. Hey, they ain't got no Bible neither. Now they ain't got no Bible. Come on. See, that's what happened because they get away from the book. It's not what I say that saved you. It's what he did that saved you. But it's not, it's not what I say that you live by. I'm telling you, I, I've, I had a person, God helped me, it just, this person said to me, I got all his prophecies. Now they are holding on to all of his prophecies. That make you cry. People have been to different churches and folks have said things to you and you got them written down in your Bible. I'm not just talking to y'all in here. We, we on media. But they living by all of somebody's prophecies. Because that person told me that I was going to have a husband, a child, a new home. They, all that stuff. And they got your money and they gone. And there you are holding on to them prophecies. Let me tell you what you ought to do. Turn them all in and get what God told you. Because what God told you don't have to wait to happen. What God told you has already come to pass and all you got to do is hold on and get God's word and you can live in God's word. The Holy Spirit is not the Holy Spirit is not going to take what I say and make it happen. The Holy Ghost will sit to testify of him. Jesus said, when he the spirit of truth has come, he will testify of me. He will take of mine and show it to you. He is not going to do it with mine. going to do it with his. In the old covenant, that's how it worked. God spoke to Israel by his prophets. In the new covenant, God spoke to Israel by his son. But now God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. So I, when the Spirit of God told me, he said to me, son, this is what I want you to teach on in, in, in the morning time. I want you to teach on the purpose of fellowship. He said, because the church is not going to grow until they fellowship. That's individually and corporately. So if you don't fellowship, you don't grow. You look at your life. That's why so many people are the same place spiritually they were last year because they have nobody in their life they fellowship with. And then when you get somebody who's going to tell you the truth, you cut them off. No. Somebody said no. Now you, you, you know when I pick this up and you, and you in the back of the scene, you're supposed to know what to do, right? Some things I don't supposed to have to say. If I pick this up, I'm finna do something. And if you're in the back, you're supposed to go somewhere else. On a switcher, he called a switcher. Switcher mean, there you go, that's a switcher. That's a switcher. Y'all saw it. He's somewhere, but he, he hurt wherever he is. 
It ain't all well. Hallelujah. In case you got a sister. Yeah, Goliath had brothers. He, if you, in case you got a sister. All right. Somebody say amen. Watch, watch this. I'm done with this here. First Corinthians chapter 14. But he that prophesied. Now he's talking about preaching the word. He's not talking about all this stuff. He that prophesied speak to men to edification. Well, if I, don't, if I don't preach to you the word, I can't edify you. So you ought to be able to take it for that. There's three things happen when I minister the word. I should edify you. I should exalt you. And I should comfort you. Now you can take these and say three words, build up, lift up, cheer up. Come on, you need to put them down in your Bible. Because those are the things that need to happen. If somebody's ministering the word of God to you, you shouldn't be leaving there grieving, hurting, and sorrow and crying. Because most people think if they don't preach sin, they ain't preaching the Bible. But you can't preach sin new covenant. You can only preach Christ. Paul said, I preach Christ and crucified. So here Paul said, there are three things you should administer in verse 3. You should edify the church. You should exalt, encourage, exaltation, encourage the church. Or you should cheer up the church. Your message should edify the church. So he's telling you how to do it. So you come in here, this is why you need to come to grow. So when you got people out here tell you, girl, you ain't got to go to church. See what they had? That's my mouth right there. That's a divider. They'll tell you what you don't have to do. That's not the Bible. The Bible told you you need to come. You need to sit under the word is what he told you so you'll be edified. You don't need to just go anywhere under anybody. You need to sit under somebody that's going to give you the word. If I feed you the word every day, I look at my little grandson. God knows I look at his grandson. I look at my granddaughter, uh, uh, Eden. And I look at Eden and I'm going like, my God, am I? I look at her picture from last year to this year. And I say, girl, you are growing. I said, I'm going to take you in and weigh you. I said, because you are growing. She looked at me like, what, what? I said, come on, follow me. You're going to weigh today. So she stick her hand. I got on the scale. I said, 40. I'm going like, oh. She look at me now and go, oh. <laughs> but I look at the grand, little grandson, Trey, Earl III, and I'm going like, look at the boy grown. The boy grabbed me, man, I'm telling you, I, my wife would tell you, you have to have both hands to hold him. I call him the lion. <laughs> Not of the tribe of Judah, just the lion. I'm going like, look how strong this little boy is. But my point is this here, if we want to be like God's word, everybody in the Old Testament was a type and shadow of Christ. Even Samson, even Samson. Why did Samson lose his power? How many here know? How did, how did he, I didn't ask you why, how did he lose it? He told a person where his strength come from, Right? Where your strength come from? The Lord. The Lord is my light, my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Well, if Christ is your strength, Christ also is the anointing. Christ is really all the thing that you have in your life. Christ is the power of God. That's why Paul put Christ in the front of Jesus. Otherwise, this is how Jesus had his power. So he's not putting down Jesus. He, he, he 
letting you know it's Christ Jesus. It's like if you take the power and put it in front of the name, you got all power. So when he said all power given to him, he's talking about Christ. And the only way God can make you have the power in your life, he had to put Christ in you. Christ in you empowers you. That means everything, every situation you come against, you have the power to overcome it. Everything. You don't have to pray for power. You got the power. Come on, clap your hands and thank God for it. See, I, God showed me that because of the situation I had in my body. I'm trying, I am a living testimony. I'm not just telling you, I'm telling you what I'm going through as I'm going through it and telling you how I'm, how I'm getting what I'm getting to. God showed me. He said, son, you got the power inside of you. Allow the anointing, the power of God in you to destroy every yoke and lift every burden that's in your life. That's why every day, Every day I thank him. Get up on your feet. Every day I thank him. And that's what I want us to do before we go fellowship on the other side. I want you to get up on your feet and I want you to thank God for the power that lives in you. I want you to thank God for the Christ that lives in you. I want you to thank God for the anointing that lives in you. Come on, you have the anointing of the Spirit of the Lord that's in you. You got the power. Hallelujah. We're not playing with you, man. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. Once you realize that the power lives inside of you, everything got to be broken. Every yoke will be broken in your life. I'm not telling you something that's not happening. I'm living it now. I'm living right before you. I want to talk to the people who watch our television broadcast. When you get a revelation of Christ died for our sins, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. When you get a revelation that Christ died for our sins, then you're not going to have to worry about death no more because his death is your death. But you got to move on and show the next part, his barrier is your barrier. Say, Christ's death is my death. See, I don't have to die anymore. Christ died for me. Christ died as me. Christ's death was my death. Christ's barrier is my barrier. I don't have to die and be buried again. He already been buried for me. Christ's life is my life. I'm alive in Christ. That's the life you gotta live from now. You gotta already see it. You gotta already see it's already happened. Somebody say it's already happened. Said now I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things, death. Old things has passed away. All things are new. I'm a new creature. I'm a resurrected creature in Christ Jesus. Now clap your hand. My time is up. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.